there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. How are you doing over there, big guy? You feeling okay? <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. The lingering effects of the flu. After, oh. After somebody got his flu shot uh, three months ago, still got the flu. And I, I was telling Samantha this earlier. Um, I don't know if I've actually like ever officially been diagnosed with the flu before. So this may be my, my first time having the flu. Kind of sucks. Oh. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've been diagnosed officially with the flu since I was probably in grade school. I may have had it somewhere. I think I had it once in college, but who knows? I didn't go to the doctor in college because I, I hardly who does it. that? Yeah, I, I only went because when I went on Monday, it had been four days. I was like, you know, if this is a sinus infection, let's go ahead and get some antibiotics and like knock it out because this this sucks. Like I've got like chest congestion, head congestion, killer sinus headaches, and then was it Sunday night? Maybe I got like real bad chills and body aches. I was like, oh, it makes sense that it's the flu. Makes sense. Doesn't make sense that I got the flu shot, but I was positive for flu B. Which is which? Not, I don't know what that means. So, they they typically will will make up uh, your flu shot. Will have majority of it is to protect you against what the CDC predicts will be the most prevalent strain of the flu, and they will call it flu A. And that's that's the majority of the of the vaccine that you get when you get the flu shot. It's like okay, here's here's everything you'll need for flu A. There's a secondary flu that you may get. We're not going to put like equal amounts in there because I think it like would dilute the flu, the more prominent one, too much to be effective. So like, here's a little bit of flu B in case. <laughs> yeah, well, I got flu B. Anyways, um, man, it's been a while since we've been on the on the podcast and the microphones. Uh, back before Christmas. Yeah, speaking. I think we've had a three week hiatus and. Um your flu game just happens to be it's strong, right? <laughs> right as uh, Tech takes the L here at home against Baylor tonight. It was Baylor plus a couple of bad calls at the end. I wouldn't say the officials were terrible the entire game, but when it came down to it, the last minute or whatever, the referees sucked. They didn't cost it though. They were they no, were no, bad. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't. Even then, I don't think it would have been. It would have changed the outcome of the game necessarily. But it, I want to go back and talk about that. Um, that last possession where Tech got called for a technical foul. But before we get there, hold on though. Um, if you don't want to miss us, 
when we go on long hiatuses, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow the show at 23 Personnel, although over this break, it's been fairly quiet there. You can follow me at Punts Suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Yeah, it's been even quieter on my Twitter. I've I've kind of I've taken the break and uh, I've spent most of my free time in Farming Simulator, which I'm sure you and I will talk more about later. But we're for sure uh, going to talk about that. Yeah, but that that Baylor game. So it, it started off. I mean, the second we hit two minutes, there was a chance to review a call where it would it obviously went off the Baylor, Baylor player out of bounds. They did not give Tech the ball on that case, but I kind of rationalized it with the fact that Ramsey fouled him. I mean, that's how he lost the ball because Ramsey just slapped the heck out of his arm. And so maybe that was what they saw on the replay and thought, you know what? Okay, it went off Baylor, but really Ramsey fouled him, so we'll just let Baylor keep the ball. Well, see, I I had a similar thought in that the review didn't show like a very good shot of of the ball going out of bounds off of a tech player. Obviously Ramsey started that, the fumble and it looked like, uh, the Baylor player w- was, you know, struggling to, to regain possession. The ball goes out. Um, it did feel like a makeup call three seconds later when they called Baylor for a carry, which is never yes. called. Yes. And I didn't even see the carry. I, the, the angle they showed it, was it what is it his left hand when it was behind him or, or I, it, it didn't make sense for Shilla on the broadcast says that was fairly weak and that's not really called that much so no. to me it felt like the dude that didn't make the confirmation call on the replay like the dude that made the carry call disagreed with the other guy <laughs> and maybe had a makeup call for Tech there but it didn't matter Tech ends up falling to Baylor fifty seven fifty two um. This unfortunately breaks Tech's home win streak. Was it at 15 games? And oh, man. Nine, yeah, I'm not sure. It was 10 straight Big 12 games uh, at home in Lubbock. Um, not a very clean game. It was 21 to 18 at the half. Um, you just you didn't do much of anything very well in the game besides keeping Baylor from mounting a really big lead on you. It got up to eight a couple of times. Um, and that five-point final margin there, I mean, that's about where it was the last few minutes because Tech would close it down. Uh, they got down to two at one point, and then Baylor would hit you know two back-to-back shots, whatever, and, and kind of grow that lead again. Um, I, it was, I think it was a four- to six-point game most of the second half. Um, you can't really hang your head after losing to Baylor. Baylor came in as the number four team in the country. You were picked as a slight favorite in this game, I think mainly because of your, your home record. And it's really hard to win a game on the road, especially in the Big 12. Um, but losing to the number four team is not the end of the world. A lot of people think Baylor has the potential to go to the Final Four this season. You were seeing flashes of, of what... Texas Tech could be the past couple of games. Your potential, especially when you really took it to Oklahoma State this weekend. Um, so you're going to be a little disappointed losing to Baylor, but like I said, it's not the end of your season. You do play them twice. Um, and again, you, know, you were picked seventh in the league. To, like Losing one game in, in January is not determining the rest of your schedule. 
Right. And, and that's something that Labar pointed out in our Slack chat, which shout out to Labar and Dan. I got to hang out with those guys a little bit this evening before the game. But he mentioned that, you know, just the past few years, Tech's just kind of struggled in January, but then somehow figured things out. And this may be another example of that. And it wasn't, like you said, they didn't get blown out of the gym. They were in the game the whole time. But they were just unable to play their game. Um, Moro just completely. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Has disappeared uh, from being effective on offense. Uh, even even his free throw shooting, which has been epic, has kind of taken a, a slight the last few games. But, he I mean, missed. the poor guy, I'm, I'm worried about him. He's 3 for 11 on shooting. Uh, the ESPN box score says he was 0 for 6 from 3, but I think he was 0 for 7 tonight. Yeah, I, of course, when he missed his first free throw of the night, they were in the middle of talking about how his 94% career free throw percentage was leading all of Division One basketball. Never fails. And then Fran Frischel's like, that's not on us. There's no such thing as a, as a broadcaster jinx. It's like, but like it legitimately just played out in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we watched it happen, but I, I mean, they, they were able to miss his free throws when people bring it up. Oh, I know. And, and Baylor was, Baylor was playing some exceptional defense. They were able to uh, shut down Ramsey. I think he had six in the first half, but then he exploded for 14 in the second, uh, you know, really kind of found his game was able to weasel around and, and uh, get some open shots just from, making some really good cuts. And then also some of the other guys were just passing on some shots to, to get it over to him. But, you know, Baylor played well on fast break defense. I know that, you know, tech either turned the ball over or threw it out of bounds. What well, I got, it's a turnover. Uh, they did that quite a few times on fast breaks, especially in the first half. Cause Baylor was there in the passing lanes, deflecting passes. Uh, I mean, they, they really played well. And, and, uh, like you said, it's they're a good team. We don't want to, you know, this isn't a moral victory podcast. I mean, but Baylor has beaten Villanova this year. They've beaten Arizona. They've beaten Butler. Uh, they've beaten some good competition. And it's still and, early. Do I? And it's still early. Yeah, it's still early. This and like you said, two. we play them again. Yeah. Um, do you want to go back and look at the other games that Tech has played since we last recorded? Yeah, just a little bit. Just kind of run through them. Yeah, so 
go, going back to the week of Christmas, uh, Texas Tech hosted UT Rio Grande Valley, uh, won that game by 10, 68, 58. It was kind of similar to a lot of the, the, the last, uh, handful of non-conference games where it was either really close at halftime or you were down at half and then you would come back to win comfortably, but not in a manner where you were like, man, that's like, we look really good tonight. Um, you did that against UTRGV. Uh, you did that again the next week, um, against, uh, CSU Bakersfield. It was on the 29th. You beat them by 15, 73, 58. That game felt a little bit closer than that. Um, Agreed. Kind of the same deal. Just like you said, you didn't dominate tech tech did not dominate these opponents. They just, they did what it took to win and kind of pulled away towards the end of the game. But you know who they did dominate, Michael? <laughs> yes, I do. They dominated the Cowboys this past weekend. Oklahoma State came in for game one of the Big 12 conference slate. It was the first game in all of the Big 12 uh, as Texas Tech tipped off at 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Um, it was a relatively close first half. Um, Lindy Waters got, got, got a, a few ridiculous shots and was hitting them from the uh, El Paso uh, Marfa area on the Texas <laughs> basically half court um but then in the second half you you started off the second half on something like a 26 to 3 run and just like obliterated Oklahoma State's soul yeah it was just unreal what they were able to do after halftime uh it, it, and i was impressed with how they played and how they contained waters uh, he he really wasn't that much of a factor. Uh, one of the other most impressive things to me was how how well Holyfield stayed out of foul trouble. I'm not sure if he picked up his first foul till the second half or very close to the end of the first. Uh, I mean he he really did well there, and keeping him on the court is a big difference. But these guys they were a different team in the second half. And even the first half, they shot over 60%, but just could not pull away. They were making good decisions. They were obviously making shots. And that's kind of the team that I'm expecting to see this year is they're not going to be as locked down defensively as last year, uh, but they will have a potential to have these offensive explosions, which um, could help them win a game. You know, I mean, they tonight was definitely not an offensive explosion night, but uh, you know, there could be some game where they just get hot, and even if they allow 60 points, they still may win by 15 or 20. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, TJ Holyfield, to go back, he um, really broke out in his, his scoring again. I know there for a little while, uh, we were looking at his, his scoring average, and it was still like he was scoring 10 points a game, but really that came from like the first handful of games where he was like, scoring 15, 20 points, and then a bunch of games where he's scoring three or four points. Um, this game against Oklahoma State, um, I can't find... Oh, he scored 17. Um, yeah, on seven of ten field goals. That's a... Uh, Two of three three pointers. I mean, he was he was everywhere. They they were leaving him open, and he was taking them and draining them. It was it was great. Yeah, Tech Tech wins eighty five to fifty. 
That is Texas. That's Texas' um, largest Big Twelve victory. I know. I was surprised points. to hear that. Um, what's interesting? What's interesting is that one of Tech's largest Big Twelve victories is also against Can- Kansas last year. Yeah, that, that game in February at home that was nuts. Yeah, I think that was twenty nine points. So it, it, it's up there, but it's not quite. It's not quite thirty five. All right, looking ahead a little bit, you've got two games on the road this weekend. You travel out to Morgantown, take on the Mountaineers of West Virginia Saturday afternoon at 5, catch that game on ESPN2. And then the next time we record, we'll have another instant reaction uh, against Kansas State Tuesday night. Game will be on at 7 p.m. Good luck finding it, though. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN Plus or the Big 12 Now Network, so prepare yourselves for those that are in the Facebook groups for people asking where they can find it because you won't channel? be able to. Yeah, what what channel is ESPN Plus? Uh, that's going to be a trick question to really try to answer. If you don't already have that subscription service, um, you can either skip it. I, I I think Tech plays a very small number of games on there this season. Um, I, I can't remember the exact number on the entire schedule pulled up in front of me. It's either two or three, Spencer, and they're all in the month of January. So if you decide to sign up for ESPN Plus that night and then just have it for one month for four ninety nine, then you can watch all the Tech games that are on that platform uh, this season. Yeah. You can, you know, catch other games on on that platform until your subscription runs out. If you just keep it for the month, but if you're right and they're all in, in the month of January, then yeah, you just have to pay for it once. Um, not a, not a bad pay-per-view price. If we're going to have to look at heading that way in the future. Um, but yeah, that'll be next Tuesday night against Kansas state wildcats in Manhattan, Kansas. So, Michael, I have, I have to ask you a question. What's up, man? How fed up of my voice are you by now? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I, it's, I think uh, it's probably it's probably just as rough to listen to this. Like this dude needs to clear his throat. It's like, yeah, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's not helping. Well, and then when, when I clear my throat, it ends up like it ends with me coughing, and then that burns, and it's it's a whole mess, man. You guys, I'm, I appreciate you you sticking around if you're if you've hung with us this far. Um, 17 minutes in, listen to my rasp or whatever you want to call this. Um, we, we we can power through some football news if, if you're uh, feeling up to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to play the bumper cause it feels kind of weird to play that when we're, we're, we just have one game left in the season. We're just going to, we're just going to roll straight into it. Um, college football, the season is, is coming to a close Monday night. Um, And that'll be the national championship game between LSU and Clemson. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Michael, we're not ready to do it yet because we haven't officially hit our anniversary, but it was after the national championship game in 2018 that we launched this podcast. Uh, I believe it was January 8th. Uh, So we are very near two years going for the 23 Personnel Podcast. How about that? Two two full years of of you guys listening to us, downloading our episodes, our our tens of our tens of tens of listeners. No, I'm or just kidding. We really appreciate it, though. 
we are expecting that fat royalty check from our, our podcast network company here soon, which is tongue in cheek. Cause we may get 20 bucks. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> sure what to expect. Um, I think we heard two weeks ago that there's, we should be expecting our quarter four payout soon. Yeah, that, that and, sounds familiar. And we, we joined them at the beginning of, of the fourth quarter last year. We were that first week of October, so we wouldn't have anything from the third quarter. Anyways, um, only reason why I bring that up, I think Michael and I have decided that we're going to take that first little check and create some fun things to to put our logo on uh, and possibly give that stuff away to you guys for listening. Uh, we've had a couple of people suggest um, doing some giveaways, some stickers, koozies, that kind of thing. Um, I think that sounds cool. I don't, there's, there's nothing on our end that we need to do. All of our subscriptions are paid for our equipment's paid for, and we're not really making enough to do anything else with it besides put our logo on some stuff. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that makes total sense to me and we need to share this wonderful artwork that Brian Don Carlos has put together for us and put it on some, put it on some swag and get it out there in the, in the ether. Yeah. Well, and also because you guys are the only reason why we've made any of this money because of you listening and, and subscribing to the show and all that, all that good stuff. So one, we appreciate you guys coming back uh, for, you know, the two years we've been going. And like Michael said, we really love the the new logo, the new look that Brian was able to to get us, and we want to put it on some stuff and see it places. So, you know, we, we may eventually do like a shirt or a capolo or something, or a hat. I don't I don't even know, but I, I think really we're gonna start with some real small stuff to give away, and just to carry around on our person like a like a koozie or something. I don't know. It, it sounds kind of cheap and dumb, but maybe a slap bracelet. Yes, like a, like a Chuck E. Cheese quality slap brace like you go up to the ticket counter with 20 tickets like oh, man, what can i get here's that box for 18 next box up is 24 i don't have enough slap Ooh. bracelet that's where I'm you, going. Got, you got enough for a slap bracelet and maybe a spider ring if you play your cards right that or like a tootsie roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah an individual tootsie roll that's the only place you could see that anymore aside from random halloween candy it's just loose tootsie roll yep I'm not even sure how we got to Tootsie Rolls from football, but uh, Texas Tech defensive lineman Houston Miller declared for his intentions to enter the NFL draft this week. Michael, what are your thoughts? I wish him the best, of course. Um, I think he either knows something. In one way or another, he knows something we don't. And uh, I, I think he's graduating at the end of this semester maybe, or he's already graduated. So he's got his degree. That's good. Uh, it's just kind of surprising. Uh, he was, as most of y'all know, was, I think he recorded what two tackles over the last two years, just not a huge contributor on the field. Wasn't really on the field very much, but maybe, maybe he has some, some reliable Intel or, um, like I said, the other thing, you know, there could be something he knows that we don't, maybe he just, doesn't like something about the program and would just rather call it quits and take a shot on the NFL knowing even if that doesn't work out, he'll, he's got his degree and he'll probably be all right. What do you think? 
Yeah, so I, I, I was surprised when I saw that as well. Um, and to your point, maybe, I mean, with him having graduated and he, I think he's got like one year of eligibility left. Um, you know, he's like, I'm, I might as well throw my hat in the ring for the NFL. Um, maybe, maybe he's heard something that, you know, people like his size and his, his demeanor when they see him play special teams, maybe they, they think they can project him somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, because we just haven't seen too much of him on the field uh, outside of kick coverage teams. Um, he was always a player that looked really intimidating uh, from the time he got here on campus several years ago. But um, Houston Miller, uh, backup defensive lineman for Texas Tech, declared for the NFL draft. Um, and will forego his, what I assume would be his final season of eligibility Um to pursue playing professionally. Now, speaking of moving from college to the professional ranks, there's some big splash today down in, in Waco, actually, about uh, Matt Rule being hired as the new head coach for the Carolina Panthers. This is great news. <laughs> One, I, I always kind of, he- I was really hesitant to believe that Matt Rule was so heavily pursued for an NFL job, I was like, I I guess I just wasn't valuing what he did at Temple or at Baylor all that much. I was like, I, I mean, yeah, he he helped turn those programs around, but is four or five years, whatever it was, are these two programs enough for a an NFL franchise? Like, yeah, we're gonna go pay him nearly a hundred million dollars to run our, our organization. I guess I'm, he found one. <laughs> yeah, well, what what threw me off was that I think last year the rumor started. And I forgot what Baylor did last year, but they had a winning record obviously. I mean, they they it was six performed and six, well it? better. Do what? It was 6 and 6, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I think it was 6 and 6. I can't remember how they wound up in the bowl game or not, but uh I remember hearing the rumors last year and I thought that's the most ridiculous thing. Why would you give this guy could he, a, a job in the NFL, uh, and and you hear that and you think, I mean, is he even that great of a coach? And then he somehow wills Baylor to the Big Twelve championship and you know eleven wins and all that stuff the f- next year. And you think, okay, well maybe there is there was some truth to that that uh, he he is a good coach and, and is someone that uh, people should be paying attention to. But hey, you know, as much as I love. As much as I love Cliff Kingsbury, he just got hired by the Cardinals and <laughs> I guess that's true. never never did anything or even remotely close to what Rule just accomplished. I mean, went going from one and eleven to eleven and one, that's like a a storybook type <laughs> ending for something. So, I mean, there was I, a seven it, and six season sandwich between those. So, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad year last year. They went to a bowl game and won that. But yeah, sure, but to, he, to, that to was your, a big turnaround too. To, to go from one win to seven, no, for sure, and then from seven to eleven. Usually, I can't remember where I saw it. It was probably Seth. Yeah, he quoted this. I think most teams can realistically expect like a swing of one to two games a season in either direction, and Rule was able to go plus six from year one to year two, and then plus four in year two to year three. 
Um, both of those are significantly higher than, than the average. And then I, I think yeah. you can take into consideration. He also did similar things to a temple team. Um, so yeah, that, that for, for big 12 fans, I think you can cautiously be optimistic that Baylor can bungle their next hire enough that they're not going to be competing for the conference championship next year. Who yeah, knows? I, this is great news for nine of the 10 big 12 teams today. He's, I, I think the hype about it, we'll see how he does in, in Carolina. And I think he was pretty wise to go with Carolina because they actually have a pretty decent roster as opposed to going to the giants or some of the other ones that were thrown around. I, I, of course, if the Giants have Barkley, which, man, that, that guy's great. But the 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 rest of the league can kind of take a take a breath and be grateful. But I I really think uh, you know we'll see how he does. But the hype may be true. I mean, he's he's taken two teams that at the time he took over were just really bad, and, and especially with Baylor, just in a really bad place altogether. And completely and totally turned them around. Yeah. Um, if only we could get Matt Campbell out the door. I mean, <laughs> for at least Texas Tech's sake, because he's he's got our number. Um, now, I I don't know if Baylor was was super prepared for the this news today Tuesday. Um, early, early early names I was hearing. Excuse me. Um, included the. Oh gosh, I can't remember his position. Like I think he was a tight end coach already on staff. He was a holdover from Brial staff. Joey McGuire, who coached at Cedar Hill High School in the Dallas area, who won multiple state championships there. And I'm, I'm getting all this information from uh, Rob Bro and Carson Robinson this morning. They're discussing it. <clears throat> um, that may be the most seamless transition if they're going to try to continue to build on on, on what. Uh, rule is able to to the foundation that rule has laid um, to hire within and then kind of replace a couple pieces. Um, outside of that, we, we, you know, because I don't, I'm not real big into following a lot of coaching searches. It's gonna be interesting to see who they go with. Um, now, I was I was surprised, <clears throat> excuse me, at the how quick quickly some of these NFL teams conducted their their head coaching searches. Um, because we saw that, I guess the one exception would be how the Cowboys handled their head coach transition. Um, when I guess Jason Garrett had those three meetings with Jerry and Stephen Jones, I guess emphatically trying to say he deserves to be the coach still. Um, and then he was, not accepting their uh, their their plan of not renewing him, renewing his contract, which expires I think in a week. Um, so they're not they're not they haven't fired Jason Garrett, um, which I found out today when when uh, they were saying that teams were requesting to interview Jason Garrett. I was like, well, that's, that sounds strange. Why, why why do the Cowboys still have that ability? It was like, well, because he technically still works for the Cowboys. They didn't fire him. They're just not going to renew his contract when it expires next week. So that's funny. If, I mean, if they wanted to be real douchebags about it, they could be like, "No, you you can't interview with the New York Giants. You can't um, you can't go to a conference 
foe. Um, but yeah, the, the Giants seem to move really quickly. Uh, I, I guess we were hearing yesterday that it was Matt Rule. Um, somebody was saying that Rule's kids were were enrolled in a private school in New York, and that it seemed like he was getting ready to move his family up to New York. But apparently Rule went to, Cal- to Carolina first, had that meeting, and was going to take that offer to New York and say, can you match or beat this? Um, supposedly the D- Giants passed. They wanted uh, Joe Judge from the Patriot staff. Judge is a wide receiver and special teams coach under Belichick. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with this name. I'll only bring it up because he's a NFC East team. But it was just strange to me that a, a, a coach, a position coach, um, even on the Patriot staff could go from position coach to a head coach. Um, but the Giants seem to have hired Joe Judge to be their next head coach. And they're not, I, we didn't mention this specifically, but the Cowboys did hire Mike McCarthy, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, McCarthy just kind of took a year off to, to search, to do some soul searching, I guess. Uh, and as fast as that happened and as steadfast as Jones seemed to be with uh, standing behind Garrett, it just seems like this was kind of maybe in motion before the end of the season. Who, who knows? I mean, because it's, it's easy to court a, a coach who doesn't have a job so I I would think that would be an easy phone call for Jerry to make or for Steven or for one of those guys in the front office to talk to McCarthy late December. Hey, so if uh, if things don't work out with Garrett, would you be interested? I, mean, I don't know. I'm just completely speculating on that. Joe Judge, I don't know who this guy is. I I guess the, the Patriots are kind of getting the Nick Saban treatment where, oh, well – you sh- you shared a bus with Nick Saban once. Why don't you come coach? Uh, I don't know anywhere. Just <laughs> just just come coach here. You'll be fine. Yeah, so he, I I think Belichick kind of gets that same uh, thing. You know, sort of respect, I guess now. But that that's just kind of an interesting hire. And but, obviously, I hope it doesn't work out. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting that that you mentioned Saban because I think Judge coached under Saban at one point. Oh my God! So he co- well then he was he was both B- Belichick and Saban. So of oh my gosh! If if he if he ever shook uh, McVeigh's hand, then he's he's probably going to just <laughs> I don't know this Giants Giants Super Bowl twenty twenty two. You heard it here first. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> let's let's talk about the the Big Twelve bowl games that we kind of picked a few weeks ago. Big 12 ends up going, uh, what was it, one in six? That's yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> um, I thought possibly that, that they could have won two games. The two games I thought they could have won. Um, no. Going back and looking, it... No, you only picked one. I, I picked one of them, um, and it was it was incorrect. Um, first game of Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M. Um, Michael, you took the points. Oklahoma State plus six. Uh, A&M wins a game by three, 24-21. So A&M wins, but you get the, the, the pick correct there as you took uh, OSU to cover. <clears throat> this It was an ugly game. I mean, only 45 points and a couple of 
well, a Big 12 school and a former Big 12 school that um, have previously been known to put up a, a lot of offense. Um, yeah, if I remember right, I think 10 or 17 points were scored in the fourth quarter. It, it seemed like it just nothing happened until the end of the game. Yeah, I, I wish Oklahoma State would have won this game, um, but Aggies win. Not that it really matters because I don't really care. Um, I just didn't want I, I just didn't want Aggie to, to have that. Um, and then <clears throat> this other game I thought um, was was a really big mismatch, and I didn't I didn't I guess I didn't realize that all the Big Twelve bowl teams were bumped up a slot because there was Oklahoma in the in the playoff game, and then Baylor bumped up to the a, a New Year's Six, so everybody got moved up a slot. So then you get a game like uh, seven and five. Iowa State taking on a 10-2 and two Notre Dame. Um, and Notre Dame just wipes the floor with Iowa State. The line was 3.5. Um, they beat him by 24. It's 33-9. Um, we both picked Notre Dame to cover here. So, yeah, yes, we, we, we got that right. Um, Michael, th- let's talk about the, 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 the playoff game, Oklahoma versus LSU. H- how did you see this game playing out? Uh, I really... Th- well, you're kind of leading into it. Um, I took OU in the points because I thought LSU at minus 13. I was like, that's just too much. That's that's too much. These teams, you know, LSU, as great as they are, OU uh, is just as good on offense. And, and that, that is really what I thought are very close to just as good. And so I thought they'd hang with them but ultimately lose, um, you know, something close. To, maybe not close, but you know, 48, 41, or you know what I mean? Something, something like that. And then LSU goes about just completely dismantling the suitors and embarrassing them 63 to 28. It was like 49 to 14 at halftime. Wasn't it? I, that sounds right. Um, I, I think Burrow threw for six or seven TDs. Yeah. I, I think he had four touchdowns and three or 400 passing yards by halftime. Um, so I took LSU at minus 13. Um, and you know, in, in private conversations, I was, I was, you know, texting my brother and, and the guys in the Slack chat that LSU was going to roll, but let's be honest. I did not see them winning a playoff game by 45 points and making it look as easy as it did. Yes. This was a one versus four. And technically this is the widest margin possible matchup. Um, this is still a playoff game, and I think that LSU kind of punched Oklahoma in the mouth and got them off rhythm early, um, and then took advantage of some size mismatch. I I never thought Oklahoma looked small until they played LSU that day. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! the The defense, like Oklahoma's defense, looks tiny, and that's probably what a lot of people thought about Texas Tech defense from what, four or five, six years ago when they were like, man, the, the tech defense, it just can't hang with anybody because they're just so vastly undersized. I never thought the Oklahoma defense, especially the, the secondary, was undersized until they played LSU. Their safeties looked like they were center fielders for a baseball team, like 6'2", 180. And it was like, Could, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, and I mean, Joe Burrow, yeah, we – I can confirm he had seven TDs. He was 29 for 39 
on the day, 493 yards, uh, passer rating of 239.8. <laughs> and like, I, I hate to quote like the, the transitive property here, but like Oklahoma did this same thing to you not that long ago. Um, so I, I would not want to see the the outcome of a Texas Tech versus LSU game right about now. No, and that and on a neutral field. Well, that was on a neutral field. I mean, imagine if was, we had to if Tech had to go to like Baton Rouge or something. I mean, but it was in Atlanta. It wasn't all that far. Well, maybe. Well, it's still neutral. Well, okay, but okay, I, sure. Yes, sorry. I, I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to negate that point. The the thing that I'm 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 thinking of is the championship game next week is in New Orleans. Like, oh yeah, it's a de facto home close. game for LSU. Yeah, um, <laughs> against Clemson, who was number three. That game was really entertaining. I, I enjoyed watching that game, uh, Clemson Ohio State. Um, let's wrap up. We have three more, te- uh, three more not Texas Tech, three more Big Twelve bowl games. Kansas State versus Navy. Uh, Kansas State was picked minus one. Navy wins this game by a field goal. And yeah, I think it was literally a last-second field goal, or pretty close to it. It, it was, uh, and when it was, it was like on a fourth down. Um, Navy ran this halfback pitch pass that got them like down inside the red zone with like seconds to go in the game. Like it was a really gutsy call, and something you wouldn't expect from a, a service academy to kind of pull, like that kind of trick play to pull out right there at the end. Um, it looked like both teams were fairly confident and comfortable going into overtime. Um, but I think Navy probably saw that, um, oh, what was it like that lack of, mo- lack of motivation to finish the game from Kansas state right then and took advantage of it. Um, we both picked Kansas state to win this game. I don't know if I already said that. Uh, we're obviously both wrong. It was an entertaining game to watch while I was, I was getting ready for, what was that? That was New Year's Eve. Um, get, getting ready for our New Year's Eve party. And then the game right after that, uh, Texas played Utah in the Alamo Bowl. And I had fond memories of when Tech went to the Alamo Bowl uh, to play Michigan State. I went to that game um, you know, just a couple of days after Mike Leach was fired. This was a difficult one for me to pick. Uh, because of the one, Utah was so close to being in a playoff spot. They they lost uh, to Oregon in their conference championship game, so it knocked them out of contention for that number four spot. But then Tom Herman in Texas had basically fired all of their coaches just a couple of weeks before. So I was like, who's, yeah. who's going to be there for Texas to practice with the team, to get them ready for a game? Um, and probably because I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to Texas, I don't really, I couldn't care less. Um, but they, they came out and, and really took care of business. They, they won by four touchdowns, 38 to 10. We both picked Utah at minus six and a half. Um, that, yeah, that, I didn't even think, I mean, I really thought Utah would come out and I thought they'd win by two touchdowns. This, this was not at all what I saw coming. No, and and like it, it could have been like the letdown that they didn't make the big game they thought they would, or Texas was not as depleted with their coaching staff changes as I was thinking, and maybe maybe others were thinking um, going into this game. Um, 
But yeah, winning uh, a game like the Alamo Bowl, which is a really good matchup many years but by four touchdowns um, is impressive. There were a lot of Texas back memes that night. Um, and then I guess a, a day or two later, we get a, a tweet from Sam Ellinger saying he's coming back for one more year. Um, hooray. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the pictures and the video of baby Sam Ellinger wearing his Longhorn stuff. Like He's been a fan since he was a baby. It reminds yeah, right. me of um, when Taylor Potts and Lyle Leong were playing for Tech and they were on the same team and they were throwing fades. And they, there was a year that Leong had like 20 touchdowns. But every time Potts threw a touchdown to Leong, it, it seemed like the, the commentator's like, man, they've been working on this timing since grade school because they'd played together for so long. It's like, great, they they got to make that reference. Or like when Colt McCoy and um, Jackson Shipley, Jordan Shipley. No, yeah, not Jackson, yeah. And it was Case McCoy and Jackson Shipley, like, oh, your roommates have been best buds for forever. Wait, okay, that reminds me, Case McCoy, his face looked like he got kicked by a, a freaking donkey. <laughs> okay, sorry, one more game. Baylor versus Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Um, the line was Georgia minus seven and a half. Um, Michael, you picked Baylor to cover that. Um, I took Georgia thinking that while Baylor had, had just competed for a big 12 championship that they were going to face a defense and size they weren't accustomed to. Um, it was a little closer than, than I would have thought, but the game never really felt in question. Uh, Georgia wins this game comfortably, 26-14. Um, I think part of that, though, you can point to uh, Charlie Brewer getting knocked out of the game there late. Um, yeah. Apparently yeah. he had been dealing with a concussion from the last game, um, and he had spent some time in the concussion protocol and spent a couple of days in a dark room. Surprised that Rule didn't get fired for that, but Leach got fired for a couple of hours in a dark room. <laughs> shots fired no um <clears throat> excuse me yeah so um that game played out about how i expected it to outside of the injury I, it's unfortunate to see your starting quarterback go down in, in a big game like this um but georgia wins that game leaving us with just the one uh clemson versus lsu monday night the line is currently lsu minus five michael who you got I am not picking against LSU again, so I am definitely going to take LSU to cover. Yeah, that that five. Um, I know that Clemson's a lot better team, at least on paper, than Oklahoma. If you look at momentum, though, like LSU made a huge statement against Oklahoma, whereas Clemson played very really well against Ohio State but not in a, in a sense that you feel like they're the team that's hot and on, on fire right now. You, at least I do. I, I feel that that team is more more LSU than Clemson. And with it being a, pretty much a home game for LSU, um, you know, I I took LSU minus five. It'll probably be not a 45-point margin here, but probably a comfortable eight to ten points. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to predict a crazy route because Clemson can play defense. Uh, and I thought that 
man, I I just still I'm still floored by how they LSU just completely wiped the floor without you. Uh, that's just blown me away. So that's that's recency bias. Definitely oh, has sure. me picking yeah. them to win, but I don't think it's because uh, I expect the same game either. Well, the last two games I've, I've watched um, LSU, it's just been just a ridiculous level performance. Um, so yeah, and it, it, it may be recency bias, maybe because I just don't think uh, that Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow, um, although he did really well against Ohio State. Um, and also, I just have uh, some familial ties to the Tigers, so like I said, go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers! Hey, hey, Spencer, I have I have an idea of a way that you could participate in these games. Yeah. Um, if if you want to lay some money on the line, you want you want to hear it? Oh, I absolutely have to hear this. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup. Sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're going to bet, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in on the game. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. You put in 500 bucks, they'll give you a thousand. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. That sounds pretty entertaining. Interesting. Make things a little more lively next Monday night. Sure could. Um, a couple more things before we wrap this up. Let's, let's talk a little bit about t- Texas Tech baseball. I feel like I've been teasing this for a while, giving Keith a lot of free publicity, but he did <laughs> promise an episode would be coming out shortly. So keep hitting refresh on your pod feeds. Uh, a fall episode of the Dinger Derby podcast should be coming out. Although now it's the spring. The first game is five weeks away. It is on Valentine's day where Texas tech will be hosting Houston Baptist. So it's not that far away that the baseball season will be upon us. And and what a great what a great gift for your significant other is a ticket to that game, or a gift idea for you to give to your significant other that they can get you. You, you drop some hints like sweetheart. for yourself, <laughs> sweetheart. I'd love to take you out to dinner on a night where the restaurants aren't crazy packed with a bunch of sapful idiot dudes. Let's go out on the fifteenth. I got this great gift idea for you to give me. It's a pair of baseball tickets to the Houston Baptist game. They have food at baseball games. You can eat there. It'll they be have great. some of the most wonderful barbecue Frito pie nachos, whatever they were called. I had them last season. That barbecue stand at the end of the first baseline. My goodness. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. They should just be called the extravaganza. There's just all sorts of stuff in that thing. I can't see now. I can't remember if there if it was a Frito pie or if it was nachos. I think no, it was it was, it was Frito pie. It was Frito pie with was, brisket and beans and I think jalapenos and cheese and, and pickles, like it, it, barbecue sauce. It was like a like a barbecue sandwich on a Frito pie. <laughs> Basically, yeah, magnificent and not all that. I mean, it, I think it was like eight bucks. So it's not like terrible, but 
for concession stand food, that's not that's not terrible. Um, and then also you get to watch some Texas Tech baseball. It may be cold. Knock on wood, we've had a really mild winter so far. I mean, goodness, it's been what in the sixties the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I I can't tell if that means we're gonna have a mild winter the whole time or if we're like about to get slammed with some twenty degree blizzard days. Um anyways. Baseball coming up in just about a month. Be sure, if you guys haven't already subscribed to the Dinger Derby podcast, Keith Patrick will get you set each and every week once we get rolling there. Um, Michael, I did not send out a call for questions. Did you? I didn't. I didn't okay. even think about it. So no questions from you guys, but that is that is on us. Here, here's one question. Morrow is 0 for 7 from 3. Who cursed our boy? <sighs> I, I I think I had this other thing pulled up. Let me see if I can f- find it semi-quickly on my phone. Uh, our guy's been in a bit of a slump this year. Um, let me let me just read off his percentages from three in the last several games. Okay. So tonight he was 0 for 7. Oklahoma State 2 for 5. CSU Bakersfield 2 for 3. UTRGV 1 for 2. Southern Miss, three for 11. Louisville, two for 10. DePaul, one for four. Um, Creighton, three for 10. Iowa, two for seven. Our, our guy's having some trouble. Yeah, and I, I'm worried. <laughs> that, that's, that's the only one. It actually just came from you. So I want to appreciate Michael underscore LBK for sending us that question. Uh, Michael, what did we learn this week? I learned that Farming Simulator 19 is still incredibly addicting, and I can't stop playing it to the point of going to bed later than I've gone to bed in years um, just because I'm up late plowing, listening listening to podcasts. (laughs) Okay, so I can't remember how you brought it up, but it was like a week or two before Christmas. I think it was... The last episode we recorded, we kind of mentioned it. Um, you brought it up. I started watching some videos on it on YouTube. I got super into it. Uh, I, I used some Christmas money and I bought a copy myself. Um, <laughs> Absolutely and, love this. <laughs> no, and I like I don't know what it is about this game, but it's like it's a very specific like Sim City, like simulator. Yes, I just like dove right in and. I have two games going. Um, the second game, I think, just surpassed number of hours played, and I, I, I hesitate to even like go back and look at it. It's probably close to twenty, twenty-four hours um, on the second game. Um, that's actual like me in the game playing on that specific version, and not the the, the first one, which is probably another fifteen to twenty. Um, there was a lot of time spent on the PlayStation over Christmas break. I've been out of work um, since Grayson got out of school the week before Christmas. Um, his 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 daycare, his after school program is through the school. So as soon as they're not in school, he's like he has no coverage unless we were asking family. And like three weeks is a it's a long like a long, long time to ask people to watch him. I was like whatever. Yeah. Oh. I'll work from home. We have, we're going to Dallas one week and there's going to be new year's in there and 
all this kind of stuff. Today, Tuesday was his first day back to school. I was actually still, still at home because I was sick. Um, but there's been a lot of PlayStation time the past few weeks, and there will be a lot of PlayStation time tomorrow since I'm not going to work tomorrow either. See, this is this is what I love about this is because I, I mean, most of y'all know I grew up the son of a farmer, so I grew up uh, cotton farming. You know, farming wheat. We harvested our own cotton. We would hire people to harvest the wheat. I always thought that was super interesting. I always thought these guys lived these glamorous lives, but they were <laughs> they were just probably, you know, just anybody living in an RV for three to five months out of the year, driving anywhere between Alberta to, uh, you know, southern Texas to cut wheat uh, wherever they needed to be. So but I, I grew up with all this stuff, and so this game completely, totally appealed to me, which I, I mean, I, I understood that, but it appeals to so many other people too, just because running the equipment's interesting. It's fun. Uh, you get to, you know, you'd learn stuff, whether you know you are or not, you learn kind of the pattern of how things go. You know, you cultivate before you seed, but then when to apply fertilizer, when to apply herbicide. And I don't know. It's, it's an interesting game. And I'm like, you. Yeah, I've got two different ones going. I've got one that's quote unquote for Evelyn <laughs> that, uh, we play together, which, uh, involves I've, I've got every animal type except for the sheep so I've, we've got chickens and horses and uh pigs oh we don't have cattle either so i need to work on that we've just got those three so uh we check out the animals and she rides the horse and <laughs> and she she drives the train a little bit and uh, then i've got my game which i started as a custom harvesting i just went all in on farm manager with that $1.2 million, and I bought the, I even bought the John Deere Cotton Harvester DLC pack. Um, so I bought the John Deere Cotton Harvester and a couple other things, which almost completely depleted me of cash, period, because I, I told myself, I'm going to, this game, I'm going to focus on doing custom harvesting. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. I've built up from, from that, you know, I was able to strip cotton for everybody that I, that has cotton that I can find. And then, uh, you know, I'll do all these contract work. And, and I recently bought a, a harvester, so now I can cut wheat and grain and all that other stuff, too. So I'm, I'm trying to basically have a custom harvesting business and with a little bit of – got a couple of pieces of land on the side. So that's, <laughs> that's my story I'm going for um, on this game. I just love this game. It's – it's incredibly addicting. I cannot express how addicting this is. I haven't felt this way about a game probably in like 10 and 15 years. I don't even know what the last one would have been. I, I, yeah, I probably haven't spent this much time on a game um, since like the NCAA games were coming out regularly. And maybe before that was like the first couple of rounds of Halo uh, back when I was in high school. I was I was really into the first couple of Guitar Heroes. That's probably about the last time I've spent this much time on anything like that. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um, so I I, I started a, a farm manager uh, game as well. But there's um there's a loophole, a cheat in there that I was able to exploit because I wanted one I I wanted to get like all the best equipment, kind of learn how everything works without having to worry about doing all these weird side jobs and saving up money because who has time for that? Um, 
So first off, it, it, it was a map that had already been like it was preloaded, had a bunch of stuff already planted and growing. So I, I had to get, you know, a, a cotton stripper. I had to get um, harvesters. I had to get semis, all different sizes of tractors, the, the different headers for corn and then for uh, for grain, um, all this stuff. I, I finally went through and was able to to harvest all the different um, all the different crops that were planted on the fields that I bought. And then I planted solely cotton on everything else. So I sold off all the rest of the equipment that I didn't need and then <laughs> bought. So I have three cotton strippers now. No um, way. Yeah. And then, um, because here's the thing, the other ones, because if you're running like a grain harvester, you, you can hire somebody so you can, you can get like multiple fields going at the same time. The problem with that though is when the harvester's full, you have to run out like with a grain cart or a big truck and offload the harvester into something else. You have to constantly monitor it. And I think I know what you're about to say. With cotton though, once the module's built, it just pops out the back. They can keep going. Yeah. They don't, they don't ever stop. They don't stop. So like I can harvest so much faster now that I don't have to keep running back and forth to empty out the stupid harvester. (laughs) Right. So I got, I got, I got three harvesters, harvesters, cotton strippers. And then I've got, a semi with a module trailer on it and I can just run around, pick it up and take it over to the, uh, what do they call that? The Twillery. Yeah. See, now that's, what's fun about this game is cause it's obviously developed somewhere in Europe Yeah, because they, they the call maps. the cotton gin, the spinnery. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of little weird quirks like that in this game. Like you'll see these old, old timey windmills, on a U.S. map, and you think, yeah, that we don't have those or roundabouts. You'll see those. Uh, there's, there's just a bunch of little random things that they that they have that are obvious, kind of translation, and not really translation, just different terminology, basically. But yeah, a spinnery. I had no idea what a spinnery was for a while, but that's where you take your wool if you're a sheep farmer and your cotton. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate to break it to you. I did not buy John Deere equipment. I'm, uh, you saved a lot of money then. Well, if you I, bought those cases, I think those are like 400 grand cheaper. Really? So, and I'm sure just as effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got, I, I got case and basically everything I buy is case. Um, and, and because I have no brand loyalty and you can customize everything into red. So farm simulator 19, I don't even know why, like you said, how it got to be so addicting for me. I, I have, I have a friend of mine at church that, that his family farms here in town and, and they, they, they farm cotton here. And, um, and we've had discussions just about like growing crops and just what, what his day is like. And just, it's fascinating to me. And then I, I found this guy on first on Facebook, but then on YouTube, uh, the millennium farmer, he's, um, corn and soybean farmer up in Minnesota um, that does like almost daily vlogs uh, and he was doing it throughout like harvest this past fall and it was just fascinating to me like I just fell in love with it. I had to watch all of his stuff uh, and he's just a great presenter but yeah I had yeah. no idea why I, I, I dove so hard into this game I, I love it I'm gonna go play another few, few hours tomorrow and decide if I can go to work on Thursday if I need to call in again so I can play some more farm simulator. It's ridiculous. Um, I even like watching videos of 
people playing Farm Simulator. Yeah. So okay. So one, there's a guy that I, I recently subscribed to on YouTube. I watch him more for like how to and learn how the game works. Um, Mr. CLP is a guy that you turned me on to. He's fantastic. I think he was a teacher at some point, but I'm not sure. It sure sounds like he was. He's he's definitely from um, like the UK. He's he's got the accent. Um, he's really great at the game. Obviously, he's been playing it for several uh, several iterations. And this other guy I watch, I think, is also. Uh, European, just in some of the way he spells. He doesn't talk in his videos. He does a couple just basically subtitles, but his is more time-lapse of him working in the game. And then he'll like, okay, here's what I'm doing now. And here's what I'm working towards. And um, what he did is he started off on this this custom map. It was basically just a forest. And it had like a couple of the the points in the game that you need to go to, like the store and the places to sell the wood and stuff. Um, and he bought the forestry, like the harvesting stuff to cut down trees. And then from there, he, you know, cut paths to the stores, um, made enough money to buy land, been clearing fields from that to then start planting. Um, it's just, it's been really fascinating to watch him, but he, he's got this for several different maps too. So those two guys on YouTube, I'll, like they come out almost daily with videos and I'll, I'll watch them. Um, this I I I don't even know like like you said like you introduced it to me not even a month ago and it's consumed so much of my life. Same, same. Me too. I love it. <laughs> um, Star Wars. I, I I hate to tell everybody I have not I've not been keeping up. We we have not finished our uh, our re- rewatch of the series to get ready for the new movie that came out like two weeks ago now. Um, we got, we were watching, what was it? Uh, Rogue One, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, bored. Samantha was, was losing her mind. I was like, I, I get where they're going. I think we're far enough into the movie that we can just skip it now. And jump back in. Cause, cause what we did is we watched, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Although we probably should have watched Rogue One after A New Hope. And then we're going to go back and watch, uh, Return of the Jedi but we just got we got bogged down and and Rogue One are like bah, so we're, we're probably gonna skip it. Just get back on, watch Return of the Jedi, jump back. Samantha doesn't want to miss any movies, so we're gonna go back and watch episodes one, two, and three. Um, Solo will be in there somewhere, and then we'll get into uh, seven, eight, and hopefully nine at some point. She wanted to watch all these before watching The Mandalorian. Um, which has been difficult because her family's watching it and they like to talk about it at dinner on Sunday. So like, guys, we haven't watched it. Please stop. You're ruining it. Shut up. (laughs) Well, you could watch, um, as far as timeline is concerned, you could watch the Mandalorian after you've watched return of the Jedi. That's nice to know. Cause that's when it takes place is like five years after return of the Jedi. Okay. And this, this maybe bother you as well. The whole baby Yoda thing bugs the crap out of me. He's like, no, like Yoda was not the name of the species. By the time right. of the Mandalorian, Yoda was dead. He's not a baby. It was like this is not baby Yoda. Stop it. Correct. Yeah, the the, the nomenclature is a little bit off, but it's I, I think that's all people could come up with because no one knows what the hell Yoda is, including me. I don't know what what species Yoda is. Yeah. So you, you actually went to go see the new movie when it came out. Yes. Like opening day. 
Yes, on a Thursday, Thursday night at eight thirty. And how'd that go? It was, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to really say anything because you haven't seen it, but uh, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they like. I think they made eight movies and then um, put them all in in this one movie. Huh. I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see what you mean by that when I go watch it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much. Um, okay, you got Marvel's and Avengers update in this. Is this from when, when I was going back through and watching? Because I don't have anything else to add since I watched. Nah, this was just series. left over from last time. When I was, uh, I, I don't know, I guess disappointed in that the, um, just seeing like the, the order of movies to watch and seeing that some crucial characters had died. But they oh, had yeah, a yeah, movie yeah. at the end of this series that was supposed to be chronological. It was like, I know he's not actually dead or he's coming back. Which one is it? Um, spoiler alert. I mean, you can probably figure it out yourself, but, um, I mean, it, it was, it was good. It was the, um, gosh, I'm already blanking on the names. It, it was not the last one with Thanos. It was the first one with Thanos. Infinity War. Infinity War. Super dark. I kind of liked it. Yeah, that movie. I mean, the, let's see. I, I just kind of had gone cold on Marvel. I hadn't seen several of them in the theater. And that one, um, Ragnarok, and then that one's what brought me back. And it made me well, – and just I, I was like, okay, well, I got to go back and rewatch some of these this stuff now. And it made me go see Endgame in the theater. You know, I'd yeah. been out of Marvel for like two or three years. And, you know, not because I was mad or anything. It was just like, you know what? There's too many – it's hard to keep up with them. That's why I said, and then I watched. I finally watched one, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this was this was really good." Now I feel like I need to kind of work backwards. Yeah, and, and the other thing that got me was was watching Ragnarok and Infinity War back to back. That's a that's a shift in tone. Oh, it was a it was a huge shift because Ragnarok was almost comedic, like it was fun. There was there was a lot of comedy in it. Um. And then you you get you know you get a glimpse of um, Thanos on the ship at the end of Ragnarok, and then you jump into Infinity War. It's like, holy crap! This, like the movie, like it, the the timeline here crosses over between those two titles, but like, it's a different world. Um, yes, completely. I did enjoy uh, wrapping up Marvel's Avengers for the like, one the first time. Um. Did find out that there there's a condensed guide where he could say, you know, that there's certain movies you can skip and not really feel like you've missed out too much. Um, which I would say, if you're interested in catching up on those, I would look for that that list. I, I don't know what what it's what it looks like. Um, you know, if 23 movies is too much for you, um, like I thought it was, and it took us well, a couple months to watch through it, I would suggest checking that out, but. Michael, is, is there anything else you want to touch on, uh, either from the basketball game tonight or college football, jumping back into our normal schedule? No, I think we're just trying to get back into the swing of things, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you'll be back to one hundred percent next week. After this is this being your flu podcast, this is going to be like the Michael Jordan, your Michael Jordan <laughs> moment. Game. Yeah. Well, 
I think that'll do it. Um, we will get back on a normal schedule here pretty soon. Thanks everybody for joining us on the 23 personal podcast for Michael. I'm Spencer. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.